Amen. Well, good morning, and again, welcome to church. So glad that each of you are here uh, to join with us in worshiping the living God who is worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise. My name is Travis, the lead pastor here at Antioch, and I'm excited about what God's uh, desiring to do in us. We've been, uh, throughout the spring, doing a series of, of chapter studies where we are diving deeply into specific chapters and different books of the Bible uh, to get an in-depth look at what the Bible is speaking to us and how uh, the Word of God is for us a foundation for living, is, is a place for us to, to um, submit ourselves and our way of living so that we might be transformed by the living, active, powerful Word of God. And so, uh, once again, we are uh, doing a study throughout the summer on uh, the book of Hebrews, specifically chapter 11, uh, which is a, a pretty well-known passage of Scripture because it's one of those that has a nickname. It's the, like the love chapter or something like that. This is called the, often referred to as the Hall of Faith, where you have got uh, many different people from through, throughout biblical history that are being referred to and commended for their faith. And so uh, we're, we're looking at these different um, people that, that are being uh, shown to us as examples of what it looks like to, to live by faith and to have eyes of faith. And so we're really believing that this summer God's going to open our eyes in different ways to see him for who he is that we might respond by faith. And, uh, and really, as I was thinking about again this morning, I get a little nervous about having a series on something like faith because it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we know faith. That's like pretty, pretty central to like the, the Christian life. Like we've, we've heard many messages on faith. We, we, uh, we've got some level of faith. That's why we're here or whatever. And, and so it, it can kind of feel like a commonplace uh, type of subject material that we're tackling. And yet uh, there, there's obviously at the same time uh, that those things are true, that it's a more familiar subject. I really believe, and the reason that God has led us to do a study out of Hebrews 11 is because there are particular aspects of faith that he is wanting us to grow in. That, that as we look at different, uh, different verses each and every week as we go line by line throughout this, this study, and uh, in many of the different weeks we'll be looking back into the Old Testament at different characters that are being referenced that there are different elements or different aspects of faith that's not just a one singular, okay, I'm trying to increase in this big bucket called faith, but there are different ways that we add to our faith. There, there are, are different edges, if you will, to, to faith that we can grow in or be refined in. And today, specifically, I believe that the, the, the edge of faith that God is wanting to grow in us it has to do with, with intimacy, and closeness with God, that there's a certain closeness with God that sparks a faith, where or last week it was more of a, a surrender. What does it look like to have the type of faith that will surrender all to God out of a place of trust? This week uh, is a little more about how is God wanting to develop a, pl a, a place of intimacy and closeness that leads to greater faith. Okay, so you get there, there's different elements that, that I'm hoping that every week will latch on to something, say, I want to grow in that area of faith. How, God, can I grow in that area of faith that, that, that in a way that coming out of the summer, I, I'll 
I'll feel like, man, I, I have more faith for who God is and what he's wanting to do in my life and in the world around me. So that's the journey that I think God's wanting to take us on. And, and so that leads us this week to, to Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6. And so we're going to read Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6 to kick it off this morning. By faith, we understand, I'm sorry, by faith, Abel uh, brought a better no, that was last week. Let me get down one more verse. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so here we have the, the, another study on another character as we, we looked at uh, Abel last week. This week we're looking at Enoch. And we don't have a lot uh, of, of reference to Enoch in the Old Testament. And yet we, what we do have uh, is significant, especially with the expansion that we're given here in the, in the New Testament out of Hebrews chapter 11. And so one of the things that I want to say as we, as we uh, in just a moment look at the life of Enoch is just to be reminded back in, in chapter, in verse two of Hebrews 11, it, it's it gives, uh, we've just learned the definition of faith uh, as the faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. And then verse two says, this is what the ancients were commended for. So again, Hebrews 11 is not trying to convince us of what faith is. It's saying this is what faith is. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So the, the rest of the book is really a lot about giving us examples that we, that we can look to and learn from. It's people that have gone before us that have exhibited faith in different ways they were different personalities, different people, different circumstances that, that they experienced in their life. And yet in it and throughout their life, they exhibited faith. And so they become for us not proof texts of faith, but they become for us illustrations of faith, of people that have gone before us that have lived by faith. And, and, and so... One of the things I take from that is that it's important for us to have people that we look to that are heroes of the faith, that are champions of faith, whether it be people in the Bible that we read from, from biblical history and then we find in the biblical text, whether it's men and women in, in the history of the church, throughout church history, maybe it's missionary biographies, uh, maybe it's people around you today that you, you look at and you say, they, they walk by faith. It's one of the reasons that we're sharing more testimonies in church where one of the things we want to do, as Pete mentioned earlier, is I, I want to get some of these guys that are now coming back. We've now sent them out. They're coming back to share testimonies of, of what God's done because when we start to hear that, our, our faith gets stirred. For, for those that have gone out and said, we, we, wanna, we wanna give time, we wanna raise money, we're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna be a part of it. And I got a text from one of our, our workers on the field that uh, was receiving one of our teams that was out 
and just saying, like, just texted me this morning saying how encouraged he was. He said, I feel like your, this team brought just a revival fire of God uh, into our, to our city and into my own heart. And I'm just so thankful for you sending them to us. And so it's encouraging to hear uh, how God moves when, when we go, when we move by faith. And so uh, we, we want to have... Um, heroes of the faith. We want to have people that we're looking to and saying, man, I want to see pictures of faith that my, I might be stirred to live a life of faith myself. And so Enoch was one of those people, um, for, for at least the, the author of Hebrews, is one of the ones that, you know, some of them are more like, oh yeah, he look, he's looking back at Abraham, he's looking back at Noah, he's looking back at some people like, of course they would be in there. But Enoch is a little bit of a, a strange one to, to find there because if he wasn't found there, we wouldn't really know much of Enoch at all because the only time we find him is in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24 in, in, a, in a, a list of genealogies. And so it, it says simply this of Enoch. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And so we, we today have this, this, this about Enoch combined with Hebrews 11. And, and so we're not going to do a whole a prayer of Jabez book and series of books because that was kind of the same thing. If you remember those books, it was like one line of scripture and it became a whole book series. That's pretty amazing. But, but it was just this, like, what do we get from this, this person that we see this, the author of Hebrews, maybe even had more context or more understanding from oral tradition about the stories of Enoch. We don't know. Uh, but he made the whole of faith. This guy who what we know and what we see is, is simply this. And it's said two times in this short period of, of text that Enoch walked with God. And he had this son. He had other sons and daughters. He lived for this long. And then again, Enoch walked with God. And then you have something very interesting and unique, which probably sets him apart within the list of genealogy. And that is this. Not only that he walked with God, but then he was not, for God took him. So there was a way that Enoch walked with God that was significant. There, there was a, a, a way that Enoch walked with God that as we look to the, 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 the description of it in Hebrews chapter 11, is there's a way that he walked with God that pleased God. Enoch was commended as one who pleased God. So I want to talk about this phrase for just a second. This phrase, uh, he walked with God, because it's a phrase that, uh, that we use in different ways in the church today. Like what, your, your walk with God, right? When we talk about the Christian life, it can often be referred to as your walk with God. How's your walk with God going? Like we want to be a people that, that walk with God. And that is somewhat common vernacular, maybe not every day how you talk about it, but it's a vernacular that we understand what people are talking about when we talk about walking with God. It's a, it's a nod to we want to be a people that have relationship with him. That uh, when, when you think about walking with someone, you're, you're kind of doing life with them. And, and yet there are different ways that, uh, that even in the ways that we experience that relationally here, that that can work itself out. 
There's different levels of, of walking with people. And, and uh, even I, I think about it for my own marriage. So um, we obviously, uh, in, in marriage, do life together. We walk alongside one another. And yet there are seasons in life where it feels like where there's just a certain level of busyness, getting kids from one place to the other, uh, where the, the majority of our connection, it can simply become about, okay, where do we need to be at what time and who needs to go there? And are you giving them a ride or is who picking them up? Did we call them to see if they could pick them up. Like, are the Williams going to be home? They're here somewhere. They always get calls because we live in the same neighborhood. Are they going to be able to watch her for a little bit? You know, like that, that's kind of, it can become in, in the busyness of life, just more of a transactional walking together. Right? And, and, and sometimes it can become so much like that that we begin to feel it and we begin to feel like a, a lack of connection. Like, we need a date night. You know, we, we, need, we need some time uh, uh, alone. And, and even as our kids have gotten older, they're staying up a little later and we're talking about deeper things. And we're like, at the end of the day, we're like crashing in bed. Like, okay. And so, and the, our only conversation is like, okay, who, again, who needs to be where, when, and what time do we need to get out to be there? And who's going to, picked it. Well, I can't be there. Well, then you need to call, like transactional, right? Like get, making sure that everything is in order. And, and yes, we're walking together, but that's not all that marriage is about, right? And you're like, yes, it's, you're right. It's not. For those of you who are in the similar stage of life as us, I forgot. That's not what it's all about. And, and we're seeking, we're looking for times to, to connect because um, uh, that's, that's really what it means to walk through life together. Um, and I, as I was thinking about it, I, I was thinking about a, a, a season in life where, where, to use the biblical language, I was commended by joy as being pleasing to her for the way that I walked closely with her. Okay, so if I could kind of use that kind of biblical language, and it was um, several years ago, um, coming up on the fifth year anniversary now of her father's passing. And um, it was a, a season, obviously, of, of deep grieving uh, for joy. It was a, a season of, of really walking closely together. You know, and, and obviously in times of grieving and in pain, there, there are other things and the transactional things that just, they stop. And they pick back up again, but, but there's still a sensitivity to uh, the, the deep places of grief that, that, that don't stop, that, that continue. And, um, and obviously there, there is, um, as you're walking through life together and uh, you're walking with your spouse, that you're going to grieve alongside of them. I had not lost a parent. I have not lost a parent and so didn't know all that she was going through. But that season led to, 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 to a deep place of closeness and walking together, which she would later just tell me like how, how much it meant to her. And part of it was just, there was more just long embraces, just literally physically holding her while she cried, while she grieved while she was sorting through her emotions. And so there was a literal physical closeness. Um, there were more questions, probing kind of questions that I was more attentive to ask, 
to try to get in there and to, to understand what she, she was feeling and what she was going through and uh, trying to help her process, though that's not my forte in terms of understanding even my own emotions or what I'm trying to process, but I'm trying to, to pursue her in that way. I'm trying to give space for her, for her to grieve and for her to go through that process. I'm trying to give more grace um, as she goes through that process. And all of that is really... That's walking together, right? That, that's, that, there, there's something there that, that this is walking through life together. I remember how that translated in, in her friendships. One of the unique things um, about her father's passing is that he, he died on her 40th birthday. And so it was a, um, you know, just unique emotionally um, unique in many different ways in, in that regard. And uh, we had this big party planned, you know, that was the day or two days after her 40th birthday and trying to decide what do we do with that. And, and, but the way that friends came around her uh, was incredible. The, 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 the gifts that she was given, the notes, the flowers, the uh, collages of pictures of her and her dad, and um, even to the point where... Uh, on the the year anniversary of her her father's passing, that uh, we we came home from from a, going out on a date and really just talking about and processing the last year uh, to an island full of like I th- we counted them thirty plus uh, bouquets of flowers and notes from all her friends that just said hey we want to uh, we we're, we're still thinking of you we remember you know, you know this is a hard season we're. We're with you and we love you. And so just the, the closeness that, that it even brought with just walking through it with friends and, um, and then certainly in her walk with God. I was so proud and, and impressed and blown away by the way that she, in her grieving, continued to go to the God of all comfort. Just day after day, um, go, not even knowing how, not even uh, knowing what exactly to say, but, uh, but she would come from those places just feeling comforted from God, by God. Not finished with the grieving, not it all being all, okay, all said and done now, but, but going to God and allowing Him to embrace her. Uh, allowing Him to give her comfort and strength for that day allowing him to, to give her grace. And then in those moments where it just, it, it, it hits unexpectedly, uh, just t- taking, taking time to, to be in his presence and to uh, receive from him uh, was, was incredible. And it, it really, it, it culminated. I won't say that it finished. It wasn't over at this point in time, but it was on that, that year anniversary that there was a real culmination of, of the previous year of, of walking with God through this grief. And there were some questions that really were, were plaguing her in some ways. They just kept coming back to her. Questions uh, about wh- why didn't this happen or, or why didn't I get to say this. Or, um, and, and I want to share a, a couple of those because it, it, was, it was so kind of God in the ways that he walked with her through it. And... Um, one of the first things that God did on that day, because she took that whole day to just be alone with God and to process it all, and then we went on a, on a date that night to talk it all through, and um, one of the things that God did in the beginning of, of her time away with him was just reaffirm her father's love for her 
And it was just really sweet and precious. And uh, her father's love was not something that she had, had ever doubted, but, um, but she, she did have questions about uh, the, you know, the, the ways that it was expressed. Her father was not a man who had a lot of emotional language to, to share in depth the, uh, his love for her. And, um, and, and yet she didn't doubt it because God kind of gave her a, a picture into her, her dad. He said, because her dad never missed a single sporting event, never missed a single dance recital or performance that she was ever in, graduate, not a single one in her whole life that she can ever remember. And God was just expressing to her that her dad showed his love by his presence, by being present. He didn't always have the words in terms of how to communicate what he was feeling, but he was always present. And she was just, again, just undone in that place of just uh, God affirming her earthly father's love for her, just in that that reality and the conciseness of it that just hit her so deeply um, and she was moved by. Another question that she had, a couple of them were, where God, why did I not get to say the things, or why did I not say the things that I wanted to say before he died? Um, and along with that, another question was, um, why was I in the room when he died? Uh, uniquely, again, they, her, her parents uh, didn't, don't live here, and, uh, but they were here visiting when it happened, and uh, that evening that he passed away, Joy wasn't even supposed to be up at the hospital. He had had a fall, but he was recovering. And we had been up there, and the, the, they were, he was like, recovering, we'll be coming home tomorrow, all that kind of thing. Um, so she wasn't supposed to be going back up there that evening, but uh, she's like, but we were, we were leaving one place, and she's like, I was, we had the kids, and we had two cars, and she's like, I'm just going to go back. I just feel like I'm supposed to go back up there. And so she went back up there, and um, a- after being there five minutes, he went into cardiac arrest, and, um, and that was one of the things that's been very traumatic for her is just that, that scene. That, that was the, one of the things that just can come back to her in a moment and just can be very, very painful. And, um, and so she's like, God, why, why was I there? I mean, I'm, I'm glad I was there at one level, but at another level, this, it's just been the thing I can't get out of my mind, being in the room when the code blue and the come rushing in and all those things. And... Um, and um, God began to just, again, comfort her and walk with her. And he spoke very clearly that um, in the same way that um, your father communicated his love to you through his presence, it's the way he received love. So actually what he didn't need was you to say all the things that were kind of deep in your heart that you didn't know how to talk to him about, and he wouldn't know how to exactly receive or respond to, but what he needed was your presence. He received love through presence, and so that's why I had you go back up there that evening so that you could express love to your father in the way that he could receive it. And so for her, she was undone. Just thank you, God, that you walk with me that in the th- you know, and just comforted me in the, in the, ways, of the, the ways I was distraught and the ways that I, I didn't know what I was doing and how to walk this through, but you walk with me and you bring comfort to me in the places of pain. And he just began to, and he continued from that point, just this healing process of walking with her through it. And she walking with God. And you know what? It was pleasing to God. 
It, it, was, it was so pleasing to his heart, not only to God, but it was so pleasing to God in, in her and I, relation, our relationship, and her relationship with friends. There was just something so pleasant and pleasing to the intimacy of walking together through life. And I say that to, to say, you know, because uh, of course the, there's, there's moments in life where there's going to be natural places of intimacy and closeness and walking together. And that's one of those. When we grieve, uh, and we, 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 we grieve the loss of a, of a loved one and, and people come around us and we walk together in that. But there is something there that, that is able to describe the kind of closeness, closeness, the kind of heartfelt relating with one another that I believe that, that God wants us to experience more on a regular basis. Not just in moments of difficulty or trial or grief, but that there is a way of walking with God that brings pleasure to his heart. And it's not just transactional. Like, okay, God, did, did my prayers today, went to church this week, uh, you, know, went to, you know, I did the transactional thing, and, and I've kind of gone through the motions, but actually there is a depth of relating to God that brings pleasure to him, that we would not so casually use the, 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 the term uh, walk with God. Yeah, I, I, I walk with God. Do you walk with God? I think that's the question. Do I walk with God? Do I really walk with him in a way that brings pleasure to him, in, in a way that, that um, uh, brings a, a place of closeness? And, um, and, and on a side note here, I believe that there, there's something here that, that God wants to, to speak to, to us, even just uh, in, in, our, in marriages in the room, that there is a place of closeness, of covenantal faithfulness and unity that he's saying, hey, remember this. And this is, what I've given, this is what I've given you and called you to, and it's a gift that, that he's, he's inviting uh, marriages into, and then he's inviting all of us into as we walk with him. Often the, the walking with God is, is, is related to faith. It's uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, we walk by faith, not by sight. So there, there's, this, there's this correlation with walking with God and faith. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. So that he will make the way that you're walking straight as you trust in him. I've long been stirred by that little phrase, without faith, without, without faith it's impossible to please God. That, just that, that little phrase there out of Hebrews 11.6, and without faith it is impossible to please God. And I think it's because the longer that I walk with God, the, the longer that I know Him, the more I just desire to, to please him because of who he is, because of what he's done. And so I want to have faith because I long to please God. There's a place of intimacy. There's a place of relationship there that, that causes me to, to want to please him. And so the biblical conclusion here is that walking with God in the way that Enoch walked with God was pleasing to God and so must have been by faith. If it was pleasing to God, it must have been by faith because what? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
So, so here, here's what I, I would say about that. So the things that we do that are pleasing to God will always have faith attached to them. The things that we do that are pleasing to God will always have faith attached to them. They will always be by faith. And so that means if we've gotten into a transactional, transactional kind of walk with God that doesn't require faith, that that's the kind of walking with God that's not necessarily by faith and therefore pleasing to God. And so what does it look like for us to step into the kind of relationship with him that is by faith and that pleases him? Well, it it goes on to describe that faith there in in Hebrews 11, 6. It it says it's impossible to please God without faith because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so here's the two elements of faith that cause us to be able to walk with God in a way that pleases him. And that is that we are operating in a way that believes that he exists absolutely. That he is the alpha and the omega, that he is the beginning and the end. He said that I am that I am. I always have been, I always will be. That is his name. He absolutely is, therefore, those who reflect an absolute belief in his existence, in his reality, those who know and embrace that, and when that's reflected in our lives, that brings pleasure to God. When we step under the reality that he exists, not just that we say we believe that, but when we step under that reality and it, we, we begin to understand life in light of that reality, when, when that reality begins to dictate the way that we see the world and the way that we make decisions, when there is a submission to the, the authority of the one who was and the one who is and the one who is to come, then that kind of faith is pleasing to God. When we just marvel under the reality that we were made by the creator God and that he loves us and pursues us and wants to walk with us, then we wouldn't take that casually or lightly. It also says that we not only believe that he exists, that's the first component, that we have the conviction that there is an unseen God who exists absolutely. Um, and, And the other is the assurance that this great unseen God is a God of love whose mercies are new every morning, whose faithfulness is great, whose grace is unending, who invites us to come to to his throne room with confidence, who has eternal pleasures in his right hand and in whose presence is fullness of joy, that he is good, that that we come to him, that that, that faith looks like this, that that we believe that he exists and we come to him as one who exists absolutely and we come to him as one who is good, who rewards those who come to him, that out of his self-sufficiency, there is an overflowing wealth of grace and mercy and love, that he is the spring of living water, that he is the river of delights, that he is the unbroken cistern. And so it pleases God when we affirm that he is a a rewarder of those who seek him. It pleases him 
when we operate in that kind of faith. So this is what faith does. Faith comes to God with confidence that he is, and faith comes with the confidence that God will be a generous giver. And so we wanna operate with him in that way. We wanna walk with him in that kind of intimacy because the more that we know what God is like, the more that we know what he's like, it's a beautiful cycle. The more that we know that he's like, the more we will be conformed, our faith will be conformed uh, and, and it will grow and it will increase. We'll be more assured of things hoped for and we'll be more convinced of the things unseen. And God's existence and fullness will be wonderfully displayed in our lives. And so, Father God, I'm just I'm asking today that there will be a greater intimacy of faith in each of our lives, that, that we would receive a, a challenge from you today of just what, what does my walk with God look like? Is it pleasing to him? Is it commendable because it looks like faith? As we come to the one who is, and the one rewards those who diligently seek him. Or would we be a people who do not walk by sight in that transaction? Okay, God, what, do I, what am I supposed to do today? And do I, did I mark off the list? And I, have, I, have I done the right things? Uh, you know, done, made the moral choice, but, but rather there would be something so much deeper of a walk with God that's not by sight, but by faith. And so just all around the room right now, I just, I just believe that God desires to highlight different elements in, in your life. And in one way, there may be a challenge a place where God is, is calling out something that, that needs to, to change. There's a way that you've been operating, a way that you've been um, uh, walking with God that has not um, borne fruit. It's been transactional. It's not had the place of intimacy and closeness and it's affected your relationship with him. It's re affecting re your relationship with those around you. And there's a challenge there, but there's also an invitation. It's an invitation into experiencing a life and a depth of intimacy with him. And so would you just ask him, what is that for me, God? And just give him a moment to just speak to you very specifically. God, give us eyes of faith to see. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand with me. And we're just gonna have a time of worship as we conclude our time together. And 
This is an incredibly important time in our service, and it's why that we give the time that we give to it, because we want to be a people who are not only hearers of the Word of God, but doers of the Word of God, that we would respond, that there would be a place of we're making a covenant with God as we walk out of this place, that I, I'm covenanting with you to, in, in these areas of my life that you're challenging me, and I, I'm receiving the invitation that you're giving to me. We also use this time as a, as a time for, uh, for people to receive prayer. Our ministry team, you guys can come on down here to the front. They're just going to be up here in the front. If you need prayer for anything, would you come and receive prayer this morning? And, and I'm serious about that. It's so often we walk away like, oh, my, that's not a big enough problem for it to be bringing up there. Or I don't, hey, we're, we're called to be the church and to carry one another's burdens and to, uh, to, to take things to God in prayer. And so I would just invite you challenge you even to do that today, no matter how big or small, whether it's a, a relational thing you're, you're struggling with or financial or emotional or physical. If you need prayer for physical healing, we'd love to pray for you. If there's any in the room that as we've talked about God today, uh, as the one who wants to walk with us closely in life, and you don't know that kind of relationship with God, but you want to know him today, you can do that. And we would love to talk with you about that and pray with you and, and talk to you about how to have a relationship with God. You come forward today and to talk to one of our, our, our ministry team members here. But let's not any one of us leave this place without responding to God.